Welcome to the D&D Roundtable presented by The Tome Show. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. We'd also like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, noblenight.com, where out of print is available again. They have D&D and other tabletop RPGs, any edition, any product. With Noble Knight, you can even sell your old gaming products you aren't using anymore. Today, we're going to talk about conflict between PCs in D&D. But first, let's meet the panel. With me today are Alex Basso. What's up? Rudy Basso. Hello, listeners. Andrew Timez. What's up? And Greg Blair. Howdy. All right, guys, and today's get-to-know-you question for the panel. What is your favorite team of heroes from any media? Alex Basso, let's start with you. Favorite team? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh, solid pick. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up watching the cartoon show, and I think they're just the perfect balance, you know? They got the leader, the smart guy, the wacky guy, and the serious guy. Can't beat it. There's something for everyone. Best team. Under turtles. And ninjas. And mutants. And teenagers. (laughs) That part, I don't feel like that was stressed as much, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rudy Basso, your favorite team of heroes from any media? Uh, the Ghostbusters, I believe they too have an excellent balance. The smart one, the funny one, the goofy one, and the, I guess, serious one? I don't know what you would... What's <laughs> the, I don't know. I don't know how he's good. The, the, the blue-collar one. There we go. <laughs> uh, and I love their adventures, both in animated and live-action format, save for the sequel. I will pass on that. Recipe, Harold Ramis. Uh, absolutely, R.I.P. Harold Ramis. Uh, Andrew Timez, what is your favorite team in any media? Uh, I'm going to go with House Baratheon, using team and heroes very, very loosely. Uh, I, I always enjoy that Davos, Stannis, and Melisandre are all doing the things they're doing for the good of what they think the realm, or what they think the good of the realm should be, and their interpretations are so wildly different. That I don't know. I just I I like that people can be different like that, but still kind of get along. I think that may be the most controversial team we'll hear tonight. Stannis, <laughs> particularly the Stannis branch of House Baratheon. Is oh, Stan- Stannis is the man. I I will fight every listener who disagrees with me. I. In fact, if you think Stannis is the man, I would love to hear from you because Andrew Timmons is the only person I know who thinks that, which is <laughs> fascinating. Uh, so if you support him, let us know. I know there's I'm, more out there. There's I'm with be. you, Andrew. I'm a huge Stannis fan. Really? All right, there we go. All right, Greg, what is your favorite team of heroes? I really wish that Batman was in a team, but he's not. So I have to go with the Watchmen. Ooh. Justice League, that's a team. That is, yeah, I was going to say, he's on the Justice yeah, League. Yeah, but I don't like anyone else in the Justice League, so well, just, about, I just want Batman. What about Batman and Robin? That's sort of Robin's a kind of a tool, too. <laughs> I'm going to get in a lot of trouble now. <laughs> I like Batman a lot, guys. <laughs> so the Watchmen, that's a pretty great the, team right there. Yeah, just, just epic. <laughs> so oh much God. character there. So much problem. <laughs> right. This is going to segue really nicely into our topic today, I think. So much problems on that team. So we're talking about conflict, specifically of the 
intra-party kind. We sort of got into this a couple podcasts ago when we were talking about campaign themes. We delved into a little bit of how much conflict should there be between PCs in character. And I know we have a nice variety of opinions on the subject here. But the first thing I want to know is what sort of discussion should be had at the start of a campaign? What should the DM and the players be talking about and bringing to light? Rudy, let's start with you. I think there should absolutely be a discussion on party themes and party conflict before the game starts. I think a really good way to gauge it is decide what the overall, in D&D terms at least, the overall party alignment will be. uh, That can be broad. It can be we're good, we're bad, we're neutral. And then if everyone identifies what their specific character's alignment is, I think that in the classic true neutral, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a good way, if your players are familiar with those uh, types of alignments, to set what everyone is. I think another good way is if the DM creates kind of like a survey for what would your character do in this situation, and then everyone can read the answers and be more familiar with what they can expect from their party members. Uh, I just think that absolutely has to be talked about beforehand. So everyone's on the same page and no one's surprised if something happens that they might not necessarily like. See, I'm not sure if I agree with that completely because one of the things that I really enjoy about D&D is being surprised, right, by someone's characterization or the way that someone views their character. And if I feel like if you give away all these things, you know, with a survey or with my alignment's this and your alignment's that and our overall party alignment's going to be this. I don't know. I'm not convinced on it. I mean, I'm not saying I definitely don't, wouldn't want to do it. I just feel like it takes away some of the magic. If we're having a moment and, you know, Alex's character does something that I completely didn't expect, but is how he conceives of his character and then later is born out, you know, I think that's awesome. And I wouldn't want to miss that kind of thing. Being surprised is one of my favorite things about D&D. Uh, I like twists and turns. And I, I tend on the story versus rolling dice aspect, I probably tilt a little more towards the story aspect of it. There can sometimes be a problem of people writing in things into their backstories that end up conflicting. I think one of the things that is important to do is to at least plant the seed of why each why all these characters care about each other or share sort of some sort of common goal i like some of the, all the points i've heard um and one thing since we're already i don't really really like um giving out your personal alignment early on especially because i don't really honest, honestly i don't really like alignment that much i think you know you can't really classify a character in how you know specific they are like especially if you're going by fourth ed terms um, and I feel like every character is going to have like personal growth throughout throughout a campaign. You know, he may start out kind of a jerk when he becomes you know good uh, good by the end. Uh, so when it comes to discussing, I feel like you should probably like maybe the DM should get kind of a feel from each of his players, like what exactly they want from the game story wise. Do they want kind of a group experience where you know a, a tight knit group's going to work through this you know great adventure, or do they want maybe to tell more of a personal story? about their character, maybe, like, redeeming himself. And so you can kind of judge, you know, what the player decision is going to be. Like, is he always going to 
think about you know his group first, or is he maybe going to put himself first? Yeah, I, that's actually I like what you're saying there, Alex, because that's going to piggyback on something that I think is kind of the DM's job. Not to give you more work, James, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you, Andrew, on this part where. I don't want to tell everyone all their backstories because I feel like if we all communicate uh, to the DM, you know, what our backstories are, what our characters underlining goals are, then the DM can be kind of this focal point where he ties these things together or she, and then works with the players say, okay, I like the sound of that. What if uh, we colored it this way? So then the player individual players don't necessarily know how they have linkages to the other players, but that will come out organically through the course of play. Instead of the old tavern scene or, you know, this one guy scene, I think one thing that would be awesome to incorporate more would be along the lines of the fate system, which if you're not familiar with it, everybody kind of defines their early, early childhood kind of growing up thing. Um, and Rudy probably knows more about the subjects than I do. But the first three stages of their life, like how they train, kind of that stuff, and that gives them some keywords for their character. And then they all take turns starring in each other's adventures, right? So not everyone has been going out for a group the whole time, but it gives you a lot of nice, a lot of nice linkages between your characters in a very organic fashion. So you're creating this story together as opposed to just everyone spitting out information to each other. Yeah, I, uh, I talked about the Fate system last time, and I, I do think it's great. Also, it's a huge help for the DM because he doesn't have to worry about the hook necessarily being so strong to force the players together. They already know each other. There's not going to be that moment where someone's like, well, I don't know you guys. Screw you. I'm doing what I want. It's kind of like, oh, okay, Alex wants to do this. We established that my character and his character know each other or went on an adventure each other in the past. I have respect for him. I'll maybe listen to him instead of just storming off on my own. I'm a huge fan of the fate system. I, I think it's really, really cool. You should get a feel for what your group prefers. And I, I don't think, because the campaigns that Rudy and I have played in the past, I don't think we ever went through that. And then it turned out that we had different views on it. And I, I feel like we might have been a little better off knowing ahead of time what you know everyone preferred. Let's talk about levels of party conflict overall and where you draw the line. Uh, what about lying or keeping a secret from another party member? or stealing from a party member, or attacking another party member is probably as far as you can go up the conflict chain trying to kill a fellow party member. At what point do you guys draw the line? And why don't we start with you, Alex? Personally, we've gone through almost everything as a group. Uh, but the one, one thing we haven't done is really getting to a point, like you said, splitting the party. We never got to a point where characters hate each other so much that, like, someone's forced to leave. And I think, generally, if you just don't go that far, uh, it's kind of acceptable. I don't know. It's really tough. You know, it, it varies on the situation. Uh, one other thing I, I don't like at all and I don't think should ever really happen is stealing from party members, like, during rests or something. Like, I, I'd never want to be in a party where my character wakes up and then, you know, James sends me a message saying, you know, you have one less sword or, like, you just lost a 1,000 GP in the night. That'd be horrible. I, I think you should be able to trust everyone around you in that situation. If you have a character that's, you know, actually has a different alignment and maybe is actively working against you uh, through the entirety of the campaign, that 
like when that comes to fruition, when it's revealed, that can be such a you know that can be that could break a party. Like that can be such a difficult situation. There's a question for you. What if the one of the PCs turned out to be working against the party, and they, but the campaign didn't end. I'm not saying Vecna kills mm-hmm. everyone, right? But it's some agent for someone else or whatever this long-standing plot thread is. But the big reveal happens, and then that player now is the new GM, uh, DM, GM, whatever you guys know. And then the PC becomes an NPC, and now you've just got your your big bad evil guy. Yeah, I think that's you know? fantastic. If it's like a so, story point, then I think it's it can be used. But isn't aren't all of those? Isn't that always a story point when when a PC is kind of doing those shady things? I mean, I think it it should be, but I feel like there's probably some people out there who could take it as like I'm trying to you know win the game as an evil person or beat the party. Like if someone's looking at it from that perspective, then I'd say it's not good at all. Rudy, same question. What level of party conflict overall are you comfortable with? For me, party cooperation is something I really love in these games. Not to say I don't want to tell a story, but the stories I like are people coming together. You know, for me, there's nothing more heroic than loyalty to your friends. And that's the kind of hero I want to be when I play these games. Uh, I don't mind arguing. I think it's great to discuss strategy on how to enter something or how to work out a plan. The issues arise for me when one player is very obstinate and refuses to listen to the rest of the party and does things his or her own way, regardless of everyone else's outlook or or logic in some cases. Uh, That can be really frustrating because to me that tells me that this person is essentially taking away the ability for everyone else to tell the story as well. And maybe in the grand scheme that might tell a better story, but to not have that ability to be a part of that and just be a passenger as we go along isn't fun to me. I want to also be a part of the, the decision-making process. Uh, I feel like the flip side to that coin, though, is that if you're in a party with you know four or five or six people, that you know everyone's got their own backstory. Everyone is like if everyone has the same alignment, you know, I, I feel like it. The the storyline would be sort of boring. So I think if you're in a party with a a large you know group of people, then you have to kind of be okay with not always being in control of where the storyline is going. I think that's just a a byproduct of being one person in a party. And and not to say that, you know, someone who always goes off and does their own thing shouldn't be, you know, penalized for it. But I I feel like there there should be moments where the party comes together. And I think there there are also times where individual party members can step outside themselves and advance the story in ways that the group as a whole might not have taken it. I'm cool with not always getting my way. Uh, I didn't mean it in that way when I said that, but I feel as though the majority should rule in terms of giant story decisions or um, just regular choices that have to be made. When someone does go off and make a decision that the rest of the party doesn't necessarily agree with, but they've already taken action do you think it's important that the party continue to support that person, obviously depending on what that decision is that they've made? Yes. Like I said, loyalty is my number one thing. Um, I would, I mean, I have been in a situation where someone has repeatedly done something that nobody else wanted them to do. I think maybe I'd try and implement like a three strikes rule or something and then just be like, all right, that's it. You're on your own. If you get beaten to death, 
by these monsters, then I will watch from the from the woods. Like I'm not super happy with how this has been going, and I've told you that, but you're still doing it on your own. Like uh, at that point, I don't really think there would be anything else I could do. Well, I, first, I'd like to say that I really appreciate this discussion already because it's giving me a better insight into the playstyles of the people that I'm playing with, and I think that's important. But I also think that it illustrates perhaps a weakness or something that doesn't always occur when it perhaps should. If someone is, if if another player, right? Because now this is no longer character conflict. This is this is player conflict now, and that's a very different beast. I think that the players need to be able to have these kinds of discussion with each discussions with each other. So, you know, if, if you're having an issue, Rudy, or you think, or the whole party's having an issue with someone who's kind of going rogue a little bit, then you need to be able to have this discussion with them as a person. Like, Hey man, look, I understand that you want to do your thing as this character and maybe this fits, but it's kind of negatively impacting the game for the rest of us. There's a certain degree of, uh, I want to say, personal character responsibility, right? Where, I know, for me, I feel like if if my character would make a decision, right, and I have them make that decision, that's cool. If they get killed, that's cool. You know, it's kind of up to the DM a little bit here too, because people can be captured, they can be killed, they can be whatever. I'm always willing to re-roll the character, but I understand now that maybe not everybody else is. They want everyone to stick together. So it's interesting to kind of see the different viewpoints and perspectives here. I think one thing that is important to point out, just from an impartial judge host hearing everything here, I think we should make it clear that currently within our games, there are no problems between players. We are not having inter-party conflict at the moment. We are referencing some we've had in the past, but I think it's important to point out to the people listening that we're not necessarily using the podcast as a place to work out our stuff. I do think it's it's an important issue though to talk about and I really I like that you guys are becoming enlightened to each other's opinions. This is really cool. Andrew Timez, what level of party conflict overall are you comfortable with? Uh, I am comfortable with a lot um but similar to what alex said uh stealing is one of my super taboos uh secret keeping was always okay i love secrets i love twists i love surprises uh keeping your actions hidden from the party okay uh yes uh but you shouldn't expect for there not to be consequences uh lying to a number member of the party is kind of a gray area because it, it kind of borders on the damage of trust that kind of goes hand in hand with stealing uh violence uh i am okay i'm, I'm perfectly okay with non-lethal violence uh you know some groups of friends hit each other with their fists uh what? but yeah sometimes friends get into fights and then they hug it out and yeah but you know i, I think if you get into a physical altercation you can move past it whereas lethally you'd better be super duper plot related so the difference, I think, between why I'm okay with violence and why I'm okay with stealing, you know, when people come to blows, it's because they both have values that are directly in conflict, and that, to me, serves as kind of the climax for a particular arc of tension. Whereas stealing and lying, your goals for that can be kind of orthogonal to what the rest of your party is doing. 
there's a lot of different angles you can take here. And I think one of the biggest divides for me, um, I've done a fair amount of play by post gaming and in person gaming. And my opinion, well, you know, tell it in person, whatever. But my opinion is sharply divided along those lines. I'm way more okay with crazy stuff going on for play by post. Because I think from a practical standpoint, it's a lot easier for the DM to manage. And honestly, I think that's the only reason they tell you not to split the party in D&D because it's a pain because then you got to sit there and not do anything. But in play by post, it's all delayed. So who cares? It's awesome. It's up to the DM to present situations up to the players to not get in over their heads. So that's kind of a whole separate issue there. Uh, from a personal standpoint, I'm a, I tend to get very frustrated by extended discussions. Um, a little bit of talk about strategy. Yeah, that's fine. And I realize that this might be a, a short, a shortfall of mine, but especially in times where the actual characters wouldn't have much time to discuss. I'm just like, whatever, let's just pick something and do it and we'll figure it out at the end. Cause after all is said and done, no matter what happens, either some people are going to die or maybe somebody, nobody will, or it's going to be interesting no matter what, cause we're all playing this game together. Right. And I trust my DM enough that whatever happens, it's going to be cool. So now is the time for heroes. Let's do whatever we feel like is awesome, right? Now, <laughs> for the lying and the stealing stuff, I 100% agree with you guys that stealing is, is not good. I feel like there's a certain implied contract, unspoken, between the players that when you're with your players, you're safe, right? To a certain degree. Your stuff's okay. You don't need to keep watch against your fellow party members. You know, and when you violate that contract, all of a sudden the whole game's been changed. And if you're going to do something like that, then you absolutely have to talk about it kind of at the beginning of the campaign so that everyone's expectations are on the same page. Because I think that's an expectation that everyone has, even if they don't think about it. I, I like what Andrew said about um, violence, especially the non-lethal variety. Because, you know, sometimes maybe the PC's got to have it out. And, and that's okay. I don't think that's as big of a deal. Uh, lying and keeping secrets from each other, that you better have some good plot reasons or it better be not very consequential. When you have a very short time in game, you have to make a split second decision again in the game. And the decision is the town guard has come to arrest us and they're asking us to hand over our weapons, and half the players might want to do it, half of you don't. How do you resolve that? Do you think that the best option for that is to say, okay, we need to talk about this as people at the table and step out of the game for a second and discuss what's going to be best because we could really go down a path here that is not good if we're going to start killing innocent guards? Or do you think it's best to just act with an interest and let the chips fall where they may? And Rudy, let's start with you again. Uh, I think it's this is such a circumstantial question. Mm -hmm. You got to know if you act and do something, you're going to upset the the other half of the party that didn't want you to do that thing. Especially in this case where it involves fighting innocence. I mean, yeah, someone has to act. Someone has to step in and say, "We're doing this." And I, it's so so difficult to 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 make a choice in that decision. Uh, I do like the idea of acting and not, I don't like slowing down gameplay in that kind of situation to discuss it outside of game. Um, 
but yeah, you got to know that your whatever choice you make is going to have consequences within the party. Why does someone need to step forward though and say, "This is what we're going to do"? I can understand. Yeah, well, doing terms- something is another way to say that this is what we do. But that's not what we're going to do. To me, that's what my character is going to do. I can see in certain circumstances where, like, oh, what's the best way to approach this castle? How do we, um, you know, assault this thing? Or something along those lines. Or it's a reaction to a situation. That, to me, is different. Planning something, that's fine. You know, everyone's got to do the same thing. We all got to get together because otherwise it's a pain in the butt for DM for practical considerations. So I'm down with that, you know. Democracy rules, that's great. But when characters are confronted with a situation, they have to react. And if it's split along those lines or whatever, for me, right, I'm going to want my character to do what they're going to do. Now, that doesn't mean that if one of his adventuring companions, you know, shouts out a compelling reason or something like that, that, you know, a character might not be, uh, might not be convinced, you know, but... I, I really feel like they, a character, you got to play your character to what they're going to do. So if it's something they feel strongly about, you know, that's fine. Whatever's going to come out of that is the result. And as a player, I'm fine with that. But, at the, you know, it's tough because on the flip side, I don't want to be negatively impacting the enjoyment of my friends. Because at the end of the day, I'm here, sure, to tell a story, but to play a game for fun with my friends. And this is the real tension for me because how do you resolve those two things sometimes? Greg, that's amazing. I love that you're always committed to your character, that you'll just do what he does or you'll think he'll do no matter what the situation. But I just, I don't think maybe I've been playing D&D long enough. I don't get into my character completely 100% all the time. And uh, sometimes it's just in the back of my head like, yeah, I could, you know, attack this guy or I could react this way, but then everyone would be unhappy, and that would screw everything up. Uh, that's it's uh, you know it, it's a it's a when de- decisions like that happen. I, I do think you should be split second, though. I don't like stopping and talking about it. I, I prefer that not to happen. But when you make a decision that you know uh, will be you know make everyone else mad, you should you know fully expect, I guess, uh, any consequence. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I hate is when someone does something to the point where Alex is like, man, my guy should be attacking this guy right now. But I'm not because this is my friend. We're playing a game. I don't want to be like that. I feel like that person's kind of taking advantage of that kind of mentality that more than one player can obviously have. And that just really bothers me that someone would would take that role and react in a way that, that will upset someone else so much to the point where they think, ah, maybe I should just straight up knife this dude right now, because I don't like what he just did. So, I think I, I would agree with Rudy that this is a circumstantial question. Um, I am okay with, in a large party, two different groups of people attempting to do to take different courses of action. And I think that this is dependent on A, the players being comfortable with each other, and B, the idea that their greater goal in the campaign supersedes any intermediate goals. I think it's okay for that fight to break out and the, you know, guys taking the side of the law to go non-lethal on those guys. I, I think that is an okay thing to happen because I'm, you know, I'm not psychic. If I 
come up first in initiative and I have to snap react, I'm there is a possibility that I'm going to make a decision that someone else might not like for reasons that I don't know or that reasons that I don't expect. So I, you know, I don't play in a hive mind, so I can't anticipate all of the needs of those characters. But if something emerges, then that to me is is an exciting moment in that game. I 100% agree with that. And I think me and you are on the same page, Andrew, in terms of, for me, a lot of the most fun is had when everything's gone to hell. You know, one thing that's super important is how the players being able to talk to each other. And I appreciate what you said, Alex, about, you know, me being uh, committed to what my character would do. But I mean, even then, it's there's also a certain understanding that is had or 100% needs to be had between the players where, you know, if I'm playing a character and I think this would be what they would do, but maybe this would really piss everyone off, maybe I'm not going to do that. Or maybe I'll modify it somewhat, you know, um, because the end goal, as I, I guess I feel like a, rook, a broken record here, is that, you know, we're supposed to have fun together, right? But if we're not having fun, I would want everyone to be able to, to talk about it. And I think you also made another great point, Andrew, in terms of the greater goal. Right. And hopefully everyone's at least united in that, unless, you know, you've got the secret villain kind of thing going on. Um, but that's just another fun offshoot. So where that greater goal motivation would overrun or override a player, a character doing something that might be counter to the part to their own immediate goals. Is, oh, wait, no, I should just submit because, you know, I'm looking at the long term here. Any PC on PC violence I've, uh, had to participate in. I felt terrible during it. I felt terrible afterwards. I, I hate going through it. Um, and in the instances where it's happened, it has been reactionary. One member of my party has attacked another member of my party without stopping and talking about it. And I've had to choose. And I think that's a terrible situation to put someone in. All right, guys, let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsor, noblenight.com. Hello! Hello, citizens! Oh, thank goodness! Adventurers! We need a noble knight! Perhaps you can slay the beast of retail and reap the promises of riches. Riches? Yes! Great prices, out-of-print games, the latest releases, and a magic box that converts all of your old loot into cash or new loot. But why? Fantastic! I'll do it! Yes, well, you see, the beast he kidnapped the mayor and can only be slain by the most noble of knights. Yes, yes, yes. I said I'll do it. Yes, the thing is, I was talking to her. What? Fear not, kind citizen. The noble knight will save the day, rescue the lord in distress, and liberate all that loot in a way only possible at Noble Knight. If you'd like to get your hands on Noble Knight's loot, head over to thetomeshow.com and click on the link in the show notes for this episode. And don't forget to tell them that the Tome Show sent you. Ha, I got to do something to help out. And we're back. So we've done a lot of talk about party conflict, but now I want to know what do you guys think is the right way to resolve conflict? I'm hearing a lot of talk about communication being the way to prevent a lot of unintentional hurtful things happening at the table. And I think that that's a great idea. I think always talking a lot is is a good idea. And I think it's important 
to talk to your party because like you said greg they are a safe zone and hopefully even if you don't feel like your party is a safe zone your friends who you're playing with are a safe zone and you'll be able to talk to them about how you don't feel like your party is a safe zone what do you think i would resolve it just like how i resolve conflict in real life to sit down and talk about it um if we're playing tough characters then i'll be like all right man put your weapons away let's let's just take this to the streets and then hopefully that would resolve it because uh, that's a little more fun too in the role-playing aspect but just everyone we're going to a tavern to drink and talk about this uh, would be my way of trying to resolve issues within the party because i mean and from a character perspective this is life and death stuff it should be talked about often i would think alex basso how would you resolve conflict uh i mean i like just having characters talk it out. Um, I, feel like, I feel like we've had arguments and disagreements. And I think they can be fun, you know, to have role players, characters, and, and talk them out. Uh, I mean, fighting, I, I, yeah, like what you said, if your characters are tough and they want to fight it out, go for it. Talking's good. Everyone talk. <laughs> I think the common theme here that we're all kind of hitting on, so we're sort of struggling with a way to kind of express this this same idea in, in different ways is that really the best way to, to solve a conflict and to prevent conflicts is through communication. But one strategy, or not one strategy, because that involves, that implies too much thought and analysis for me that I think shouldn't be necessary. But one thing is where, you know, you kind of take turns. Like, all right, we'll do it your way this time kind of a deal. And then maybe it kind of flows around. Because, you know, we're not always all going to agree, right? So if everyone sort of gets a chance to have their character uh, not take the spotlight, but sort of have their opinions be expressed and All right, we're going to do it this way this time or that kind of thing, I think that can help to maybe offset, right? If everyone feels like, oh, well, we always just fight everyone because that's what so-and-so wants to do. You know, that can obviously build some tension behind the scenes. But, you know, maybe trying to rotate it around. But that, again, that involves people who can communicate with each other or at least feel comfortable enough to sort of have that dynamic. I have no idea how you do any of this stuff in, like, a pickup group. Well, and having DM'd and played in a lot of pickup games and uh, organized play games and things like that, I think in general there's an unspoken code of don't be too much of a uh, a jerk. And there's also an unspoken code of everybody being a little more timid, right? You're, most people are more free amongst people who are their friends. And so there isn't as much backstabbing, stealing, and lying, and that kind of thing, even if it would make the story more interesting. Because you don't know these people and you're not sure what they're comfortable with. And I think most people are more timid in situations like that. And that's not to say you don't come across your fair share of jerks at organized play events, but it happens a lot less often, I think. So I'm going to be the big old wet towel here and say that talking isn't always the best way. Um, But again, this is very party dependent and this requires a lot of trust on the part of your other party mates, but if, and I, I guess we kind of touched on this too, but like, I, 
I would think that my character would want to solve conflict the way my character is best at. So if I'm playing a you know a half orc fighter with 18 strength, and I'm arguing with someone, I'm going to either want to arm wrestle or you know have a little boxing match with that person to make my point. You know, if I'm a spellcaster and I'm arguing with a spellcaster, then maybe you know we'll you know we'll settle it that way. Uh, I think in terms of stuff that would make players uncomfortable, though, communication absolutely is the number one. They're the only way to deal with it. But I think you can be creative with the way you resolve disputes in such a way that it disarms the kind of contentiousness of the nature of the discussion. So instead of, you know, I'm advocating for a topic, you're advocating for a topic, and we're starting to get invested enough in the conversation where we're kind of starting to get agitated out of game. If you have a mechanic like, all right, well, we got our characters have to arm wrestle now. Time to time to roll some dice. It, it's kind of an implementation of the three strikes rule that Rudy was talking about that I think can add uh, that can make those sorts of confrontations more interesting while diffusing a lot of the you know stuff, the bad stuff that kind of comes along with it. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. I really feel like this was a very enlightening discussion for us to have, and I hope that the people out there gained something from it as well. Where can people find you, Rudy Basso? <laughs> yes. I'm on Twitter, at Rudy Basso, R-U-D-Y-B-A-S-S-O. Please follow and enjoy my wonderful insights into the world. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> And Andrew Timmes, Alex Basso, and Greg Blair cannot be found on the I am but a shadow in the night. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. and uh, hey, Gary Gambarani, you're the man. Thanks. (laughs) All right. Guys, if you have a question or topic, or you want to get a shout-out on the roundtable, reach out to me or Rudy via Twitter. My handle (laughs) is at James Intracasso, that's J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Or you can leave us a comment on the Tome Show's website, thetomeshow.com. And hey, shameless plug, check out my new blog, which is all about Exploration Age, the fifth edition world I'm building. It's at worldbuilderblog.me. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks to Andrew, Greg, Rudy, and Alex. Also, many thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup. Our theme music was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Keep on rolling, keep on communicating, and keep on listening to the roundtable.